Today we'll be talking about what dinosaurs ate and what ate the dinosaurs. My name is Keaton Halley and I'm here with my colleague Joel Tay. Hi. <laughs> my name is Keaton Halley and I'm here with my colleague Joel Tay. Nice to meet you and welcome back. <laughs> well, we've met we've met before. <laughs> and I'm here with my colleague Joel Tay. Hello Joel. Hi. Welcome back and thanks for having me here. We want to um use as a springboard say uh, a news report recently just there was an amazing fossil find about a, a mammal found buried together with the dinosaur and the mammal was attacking the dinosaur do you want to tell us about it uh, yes so last month some of you might have read in the news that um they actually found a fossil and this was in uh, northeastern china and what is interesting about this is that you have a mammal, and this uh, the name for it is a uh, rapinomate mammoth or something like that. It's it's extinct mammal, mm -hmm. and this mammal was fossilized while it was fighting a dinosaur. Yeah, as if it like was a moment in time frozen in three dimensions in the fossil record. That's right, in three dimensional shape. One hand was on the jaw of the dinosaur, the other leg was on holding the dinosaur limb. And the side, his mouth was actually biting into the side of the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And in that fighting pose, they were preserved in time as if they were buried so quickly by a flood or something forever frozen in that pose. And that that's interesting because um, we actually know about another case where we actually have fighting dinosaur. And this was from China as well. And this is actually in the Gobi Desert. So we actually have a, what's that, a velociraptor. And and uh, protoceratops, two dinosaurs, and yeah. they're fighting. And protoceratops is kind of like a triceratops, but without the horns, right? Yes, right. So, so, so what did they the, find there? Yeah, it was the same sort of thing where you have, the, in this case, two dinosaurs in the middle of a battle, apparently, because the velociraptor was kind of lying on his side, but had one leg sticking up in the air, and I believe it was the pro the protoceratops was biting down on on one of his arms. Yes, that the velociraptor had the claw in the neck of the dinosaur. That's right. They yeah. were fighting. Yeah. And then they were preserved in their fighting pose. Right. And and this fits with the creationist view that the fossils that we find by and large were deposited by Noah's flood. This had to be a catastrophic burial um, that, that, you know, covered up these large creatures before they could even, you know, move out of these positions and they just perished in that catastrophe. Yeah. And these two fighting dinosaurs that actually found in what today is the Gobi Desert in mm -hmm. Mongolia. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Not an ideal uh, location today for forming fossils. Yeah. So this interesting one that we're talking about where the mammal was actually eating a dinosaur. Um, this mammal was actually attacking a dinosaur that was three times its size. It's still a small right. size dinosaur, Sikakasaurus. Yeah. But and to, to give people a bit of context for that, the the mammal they think it was something probably badger-like, I believe. Yes, about yes, and it's right. uh, like the size of a, a house cat. And then, as you said, three times the size was the the dinosaur that it was trying to have for dinner. Apparently, this uh, Sitacosaurus, which is a dinosaur with a um, beak-like bill, it would have been a vegetarian right. dinosaur. So yes, this right. dinosaur would not have been trying to eat that mammal. Yes, it's the other way. <laughs> it was the other way around. And what's interesting is that this is actually the second record where we have this mammal eating this same species of dinosaur. Mm, that's so, right. Um, I, in my talk, I actually talk about how um, a few years ago, I went back to Singapore. That's where I'm from. And when I went to the zoo, there was a dinosaur exhibition. And at the dinosaur exhibition, they had a sign there. They say that dinosaurs didn't walk alone. And they talk about this very same dinosaur, this mammal. And this mammal was actually eating this dinosaur. 
but in this case, it's a small um, dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Like a baby, a baby um, Cetacosaurus, right? But the same mammal, Repenomimus, Mamus, however you say it. Yeah, and in that <laughs> case, uh, they actually found that in, in its gut and stomach, it actually had the remains of this dinosaur yeah. in there. So that's interesting. But people, when they hear that, they're surprised, right? Because they think, why are mammals eating dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. Are they even living together? In museum displays and illustrations in, you know, children's books on dinosaurs, you don't typically see mammals depicted together with dinosaurs. And granted, we don't find a lot of modern mammals that are alive today buried in the same layers as dinosaurs. But there's quite a variety, actually, of mammals that are buried with dinosaurs. So not just looking at mammals eating dinosaurs, but we also know a lot of other things about what dinosaurs eat, right? Yeah, let's maybe broaden the discussion a bit to talk about um, dinosaur diet in general. What did they eat and how do we know it? Of course, a lot of our information source for, you know, understanding what dinosaurs ate is the fossil record. Yes. Uh, However, as creationists, as I mentioned, we believe that the fossil record is not um, a record of Earth history over millions of years, slow and gradual evolutionary processes is... So what it represents rather is um, a brief episode of catastrophe, Noah's flood. And so the the creatures, the fossil dinosaurs that we have today were buried in Noah's flood. It just really shows us what dinosaurs were eating at that time. But Genesis tells us something very different about what dinosaurs ate originally, right? Yes. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 30, it tells us that when God created land creatures, all the creatures, he created them to eat plants and it was so yeah so we know they were herbivores they were vegetarians yeah of course after sin entered the world some of these creatures begin to eat one another so in fact this morning i had someone write into us on social media say that how do we know that these creatures were not plant eaters until the time of the flood and one of the things that i replied is that you can look at the fossil record and the fossil record is mainly a record of what took place during the flood and we know that some creatures by that time had begin to eat one another. Right, yeah. We sometimes see in the fossil record um, dinosaur teeth embedded yes. in the bones of other dinosaurs. You know, they lost their teeth when they were trying to catch their prey. Sometimes you see just the tooth marks, like That's right. bite marks out of bones, you know, from other animals that they tried to prey upon or scavenge, perhaps. You can sometimes match the shape of the puncture marks on the teeth, the size, the spacing. You can actually tell what species of dinosaurs made that. So we know some of the dinosaurs were eating um, one another. So what else do we know? What did dinosaurs eat? How else can we tell what it? A number of other methods um, we find sometimes. Well, you mentioned a minute ago there was this mammal that ate a dinosaur, a baby dinosaur, and had it preserved in the stomach content. So sometimes we find dinosaurs with bits of bones or entire skeletons of other creatures inside their their stomachs. Um, and by the way, we know that just as the mammals in some cases ate the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs also ate some of these. Uh, mammals and yes. things like birds as they well birds as well are and found in dinosaur stomachs we also have birds that were eating mammals and we find the remnants in there so the birds dinosaurs and mammals were all eating one another yeah, and yeah. we all find them together in the same fossil yeah. record i think that's really fascinating because we go to a museum like you say you don't see all these creatures placed in the same display right and then you've got the evidence of well dinosaur feces frankly sometimes even that can be preserved as fossils uh, in different forms, you've got um, the coprolites. Yes. That's the scientific name for um, dung. when dung has been yeah. already, you know, excreted and it's it's been buried then and turned to stone. 
but there's another term that you taught me about before they've actually expelled the contents of their intestines when they're it's found from inside the intestines. What are those yes. called? The cololif, cololif, how do you pronounce that? I'm not sure either. Cololites, maybe? Cololites, okay. <laughs> so there, sometimes the intestinal remains in the stomach is preserved as well. They are more rare. So in case you're wondering, copolite, we talk about that co uh, fossilized dinosaur dung. Here's an example of one of that. So sometimes when we look at that, we can look at it under the microscope. We can see what these creatures eat. And we know sometimes they contain bone fragment. We have cololites, like, like we say, it's intestinal remains. Sometimes the shape, we know what they eat, what's in there, bone fragments. And sometimes we can even look at gastric stones. So here is one example of that. So this is actually a much bigger piece and a dinosaur ate that and they helped to digest and do things like that. Yeah. And help explain for people that don't aren't familiar with the term, you know, gastrolith, um, gastric stones. What what are these exactly? Well, some dinosaurs, like the cerepods and, and some other dinosaurs, they eat these stones uh, in the stomach and helps them to digest some of the food. And yeah, not nutrient. that they're drawing nutrients from the stones, but yes, they swallow them. It. Yes. So the stones can help aid in the digestion inside the stomach, you know. Yes, that's right. Knocking around on the other things that they ate and break, helping to break them down. And, and there are these, living creatures that do this today as well. Yes, that's right. how we know about it. Yeah, and uh, some of these are much bigger. So here's just a, a small piece that actually broke off. So I was buying a fossil. I did not want to pay a few hundred dollars for a big one. Right. had a small piece like that. So I just bought that. Yeah. So and that used to be in the stomach of some large creature like a dinosaur, a dinosaur. perhaps. It has yeah. to be a dinosaur because the actual piece was that big. Yeah. It's That's enormous. <laughs> yeah. And and so sometimes the stomach contents are, are in there as well. So like I said, the droppings, sometimes we find bone fragments. So we know um, like they were eating one another. And there's this guy in Florida who actually has about 7,000 fossilized dunk wow. in his collection. The world biggest one, he calls them, he names it Barnum, named after the world. The <laughs> he names that, his fossil he dung names pieces. His fossil, All another right. piece, a uh, very well piece <laughs> of one, he calls that Precious. <laughs> yeah, that's but a good name. this dinosaur dung, um, it's from a T Rex. So in T Rex bone, we can actually find bone fragments. We know that they're eating other creatures. And the world biggest one from T Rex, he named it, it's about that size, about two feet, about 20 pounds. Okay, so we can actually look at dinosaur droppings and we know what they eat. We know some of them, we can eat one another. But we also find something else, right? So what else do we find in dinosaur dung beside bones? We, we talked as though we might be making it sound like most dinosaurs were meat eaters, but yes. um, the vast majority of dinosaurs were actually plant eaters, even after the fall. Um, you know, we can tell that to some extent from the, the you know, the types of teeth they had, but also, you know, the uh, microscopic fossils found within the teeth and in the dung, like I think is what you're getting at here. Yes. One of the things that really surprised the evolutionary scientists is when they found microscopic bits of grasses in one of these coprolites that came from a sauropod dinosaur. These are the uh, ones like Brachiosaurus that have the, the long necks and the long the tails, the sauropods. Really yeah. Ones, yeah. Tell us why that was a surprise to find grass inside fossil dinosaur dung. Okay, this was a surprise because evolution is used to teach and you you know you have that picture that you have from the museum where it says that grass did not yet exist at the time of dinosaurs. So they used to teach that grass only came to existence 10 million years after dinosaurs died out. Yeah, because they only found these, you know, macroscopic fossils of, of different types of grasses in the fossil record in layers higher up than the dinosaurs. And they said, they were, you know, the last dinosaur died out 65 million years ago. 
Grass didn't evolve until 10 million years later. And they used to laugh at creationists because creationists we believe that grass and dinosaurs were all created together. Yeah. And we point to Job chapter 40, which talks about behemoth, right? Which we say there has to be a dinosaur. And behemoth, we say that it actually eats grass like an ox. And they laugh at us. They'll say, oh, come on. Grass did not exist at the time of dinosaurs. It only came about 10 million years after dinosaurs died out. But then when they look at dinosaur droppings, they find yeah. grass. Yeah, that. that's right. And since that time, they've actually found a lot more evidence of grass, you know, throughout the different dinosaur, you know, rock layers that they're found in. Um, so actually, there was a recent paper that said they they doubled the age of grass back from like 56 million years to now they say it goes back to 113 million years ago. And yes. um, they're still not, by and large, finding macroscopic fossils of grasses, but lots of microscopic they, they still find small bits and pieces like from the flowers and things like that. Right. For example, um, just um, 18 years ago, they would say, oh, you know, they did not yet exist at the time of dinosaurs. And then they begin to find this one example where um, the remains of grasses in dinosaur dropping. So these this dinosaurs, they were, like you say, from India, and they were actually eating many types of grass, including rice. Mm, yeah. Okay, so Indian dinosaurs eat rice, right? That's what they do. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but then they begin to find, I think in 2015, they begin to find bamboo, the remnants of bamboo in um, Myanmar amber, which they did yeah, back to about 113 million years old. And then in 2018, they begin to find in hedrosaur, these are dark blue dinosaurs in their teeth, the remains of a grass-like plant that today is only in existence and is, is only found in Malaysia and Singapore and in that area. In 18 years, or in the last eight years, evolutionists have to throw out their evolutionary origin of grass and double their age three times just in the last eight years ago. Which, I, you know, I think is an important lesson for people to learn, you know, because we hear people saying all the time, oh, the reason that you don't find human fossils buried together with dinosaurs in the same layers is because clearly they must have been separated by millions of years. But these kinds of discoveries help to show that, number one, new discoveries still often overturn evolutionary assumptions about what things were fossilized in what periods of history. But number two, just because we don't find two things fossilized together doesn't prove that they never lived together. Because we have many other examples that we've published on our website, um, including you know many plants that are also not found buried with humans, uh, like the Wallamai pine tree we wrote about um, a number of times over the years. This is called the dinosaur tree because it's only found in the same layers as dinosaurs are. So they thought, they once thought it went extinct 65 million years ago until it was discovered still alive, living specimens in the Blue Mountains in Australia. So it's clearly lived with human beings all along. And just because we don't find it fossilized together in the layers with humans doesn't mean they never lived at the same time. Exactly. And one thing that's interesting is that every time evolutionists, you know, they laugh at creationists, but when they change their own dates, you know, um, it's like, oh, you creationists, you you believe this, you're ignorant, right? Yeah. And then in one fell soup, they double their time. Yeah, right. The origin of grass. <laughs> right? And what they say is, that, okay, what we believe five minutes ago is not true, but this is the, the, the real truth, so to speak. And we talk about how grass, um, in eight years, they doubled the supposed age from 65, first 55, then 65 million years ago, and now about 113 million years ago. But it's not just grass, it's flowering plants as well, right? right. So you, you went to the museum, and this is in, where was this? In, in Atlanta here. In Atlanta, yeah, right here. Um, and it's, it's been a few years since I took the photograph, so I'm not sure if they've still got that sign on display today. Um, but I've seen in multiple museums around the world um, signage that talks about grass not 
existing at the time of dinosaurs. And, and flowers too. So um, actually what about this, that uh, they used to think that flowers did not exist at the time of dinosaurs. And then in, in the year 2000, they began to find flowers in what they claimed was 130 million years. So this is more than double when dinosaurs died out. And then in 2018, they found flowers in 180 million years. So what happens is that in the last 20 years, it tripled their age. Just like the grass, they have to keep extending their range, their range of dates, going back in time further and further because the fossil record just keep messing them up. Yeah, so creationist perspective can really explain a lot of the, the ordering patterns that we see in the fossil record and the, the major pattern that we see, which is animals and plants both suddenly appear in the fossil record without apparent evolutionary ancestry. You know, a lot of these things, they, they just show up and the fossils below that don't show slow, gradual transition from one kind of creature into something um, gradually more and more divergent from it. Um, and then those same fossils just persist over time. Evolutionists call that stasis, right? That fossils <laughs> yes. don't change, you know? In fact, they sometimes call it evolutionary stasis. Which is, which is funny. Which means it's, a, it's a, an oxymoron sort of, right? Because evolution means change, but stasis means not change. Yeah, so it's yes. evolving by staying the same, basically. Actually, one more point I wanted to make before we wrap up here that, you know, as we've said, most dinosaurs, even evolutionary scientists recognize were plant eaters. Mm -hmm. um, by and large, the meat eating ones are known as the theropod dinosaurs. These are the ones that walked on two legs and had typically short yep. forearms like, like T-Rex, which is a large theropod. And there's much smaller ones like Velociraptor and so forth. People think of those theropods as the meat eating dinosaurs, but technically that's not entirely true, is it? Yeah, it's not really true because we actually know today that slightly more than half of them actually ate plants. Yeah, slightly more than half of the theropods even yes, were plant right. eaters. So, so the vast majority of dinosaurs were plant eaters. And the transition from plant eating to meat eating can happen even in organisms that we observe today. You know, we've written a lot about that on our website as well. Yeah, the same creatures can use the same big sharp teeth for multiple purposes. They can be useful for biting to meat, but it can also be useful crushing tough plant material. So we can't just look at the teeth alone and say, oh, look, that's the diet. They just give us a general guide. So even the herbivorous um, dinosaurs that we, most people say, hey, look at the teeth, eat plants. We know from some of the co stomach contents that they actually eat crustaceans and things like that as well. Very good. So if people want more on this subject of dinosaurs, we've done some other um, creation.com talk episodes on the subject. And there's a lot of more articles that have been published in Creation Magazine and just on our website. Also, Joel, as you mentioned, wrote this excellent book, one of the most up-to-date creationist resources on how to explain dinosaurs from a biblical perspective. It's called Titans of the Earth, Sea and Air, and Joel is one of the co-authors. So yeah, I encourage- One more chapter just on dinosaur diet. Yeah, and there's a great couple chapters at the end as well on the idea that birds evolved from dinosaurs and we critique that idea and the alleged dinosaur to bird candidates in the fossil record. All right. So thank you everyone for tuning in this episode and we hope to catch you next time. Follow us on social media as well. So take care. Mm -hmm.